Do you think the Muppets are scary? Some of them. It's really just the big ones that I'm like, why are you so big? Like the bear. (laughs) Like why? Like because the rest of them are, are like not at all human sized mm-hmm. so it's like okay it's it's a puppet you know but then there's a suddenly a person in a bear costume i'm like well, why are these in the same world? have you ever seen how they do like big bird he's like a, his arm like way in the air you know big bird's also kind of scary sesame street characters some of them are also kind of scary you know he's eight feet tall that's terrifying <laughs> see why why he can roller skate ice skate Dance, swim, sing, write poetry, draw, swim, and ride a unicycle. He's really well-rounded. Swim. Oh, okay. My brother, when he moved into Victoria mm-hmm. for like a semester of school, he had he was in like a basement suite, and then we were moving his stuff in, and like there was a weird back house area that was just it, it looked like a garage, but it was like completely empty, and there wasn't really a garage door. Mm-hmm. So it was weird, and there was, like, no lights in it. And we were like, let's go investigate, because it looked terrifying. We were like, that looks like a murder shack. So we went in it, and we turn on the light. This is why people die in horror movies. We were fine, <laughs> but look at what we found. <laughs> what is that? Wait, what it is like it? It has, like, a it's missing big bird. face. No, I know, but you gotta zoom. I can't I know, see. I know. I gotta... I think we go up to it. We were scared. But <laughs> imagine we literally open this. We're joking, like, this is this is a murder shack. And then we open it, and we're like, there is a dead big bird standing in the corner. This is terrifying. I'm just imagining this repressed memory of yours coming it up just about two minutes back. ago. <laughs> it just came back. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's what I had to... That's this is maybe why you why think I... he's scary, is because you have this memory. We'll post a picture. <laughs> scary. People are gonna be like, "What is this random big bird picture doing in a wonderful life?" <laughs> okay, are you ready? Sure. Okay. Hello and welcome to Cinegrade, the podcast where we take a movie, break it down, and give it a score in five different categories of filmmaking. After which, we give it a final grade. My name is Chelsea. My name is Elsha. And welcome back to Christmas week three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. At this point in time, it's probably mid-December. Yeah. The chestnuts are roasting by an open fire and Mm -hmm. the, I don't know, bells are jingling, stuff like that. Sure. And so this week we were like, what's a classic Christmas film? Mm -hmm. We hit the two that we uh, are either controversial or that we dislike for reasons. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, we should do one that's like actually good <laughs> and maybe classic <laughs> actually good i like the polar express uh, well i'm saying elf. it's actually it was really just elsha that didn't like two of them <laughs> <laughs> elf is all right it's good well but polar express is divided yeah it's a true. controversial movie anyways we're um, doing one that's more universally loved yeah and is classic yeah this is you know surprisingly though for a classic christmas movie i didn't watch it till pretty late in my life mm-hmm. which is actually the last year yeah I don't know why. I feel like it's just one of those that just... I knew it was old. And I like old movies for the most part. But sometimes you just look at like a really old movie and you're like, I don't know if I want to watch this. Yeah, I feel that sometimes. I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. It's mm-hmm. just it's more effort for me to be in the mood to put it on. Yeah. Because I'm like, I could watch this. Or I could rewatch something I know I like. And then I usually do that. <laughs> but this is a movie you've seen quite a bit. Yeah. we. It's one of those movies that like is always playing on christmas eve like night 
Yeah. Like, you can usually find it somewhere playing on TV. So I watched it, like, most Christmas Eves. Mm-hmm. It would just be on. I usually would... I'd mostly watch, like, the second half of it a lot, but I, I had seen it all the way through Yeah. at some point. I don't know how I managed to avoid that one. Maybe it's because every Christmas Eve I've been watching the Polar Express. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I never managed to catch we it. We usually, like... I don't know. We usually had like a like a Christmas Eve dinner, and then it would usually we'd usually play like games or something, mm. and then it would usually just be on in the background while we play games, and then we'd mm. catch like the back half of it when we were finished. That sounds so. like fun. But I always I, I watched this movie and I was like, this doesn't feel like a Christmas movie to me. <laughs> well, because you watched it last year because we mentioned it during the podcast, and yeah. you were like, I haven't watched it, and I was like, you should watch it. It's good. Mm-hmm. And then you went home and you watched it and you were like, this is not a Christmas movie. And I'm like, it's mostly not a Christmas movie, <laughs> but it technically is a Christmas movie because like the main stuff that happens happens on Christmas Eve. It's more just that they do a lot of backstory. <laughs> I'd fe- I feel like a good 70% of the movie is not set at Christmas. Yeah. Doesn't well, that he... like make Die Hard a Christmas movie then? Because it's set at Christmas time, even though it's not really about Christmas. You know, like it's that argument. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I've, always, I've I've said in, in previous episodes that I don't know if that's a Christmas movie. I feel like I could be wrong about that it's not. It's just more so when you're like, it's my favorite Christmas movie. It's like, you don't understand the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, but it, whatever. I mean, this definitely, I would say this definitely is a Christmas movie. I mean, I'd say, yeah, sure. Because like the beginning, they're, they're, they pretty much say like, oh, we're going into backstory so that you know what happens on Christmas Eve. Because mm-hmm. the bulk of what is actually is happening to the character, mm-hmm. the decisions are happening on Christmas Eve. It's just that they're like, okay, but we have to show his whole life before we get there. Yeah. So, yeah. I almost feel like like it's just different than most Christmas movies. Even if they do like time jumps over the years, it'd yeah. still always be around the same time, which yeah. is Christmas. But this one's just like, we're going to do whatever time of year except for Christmas mm-hmm. until we get to the end. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I guess we can go into pre-production then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on the short story, The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Dornstern, which he wrote in 1939. Mm-hmm. It was rejected by publishers, so he printed it himself on tw- a 24-page pamphlet and mailed it to about 200 of his family members. I read that, and I went, you have 200 family members? I guess back then, people had big families. That's a lot of people. People I can always had a lot of children, like, right? 30 cousins and stuff, but 200? I don't know. I don't know. It also depends, like, when he says family members, is he talking about, like you know? Like, friends and things? But also, like, is it, like, yeah, it's your cousin, and then your cousin got married and had four kids and they mm. married someone else and they have mm. some kids and yeah. your great aunt and your uncle and i think it is true that people did have a lot of kids back then yeah Pretty i mean sure in this my, movie like, they have four i think my grandma had like seven siblings yeah there you go can't imagine having that many kids <laughs> i can't imagine having that many siblings <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but if it, apparently it found its way to carrie grant's agent i don't know how that happened somewhere in that 200 <laughs> <laughs> like yeah and they wanted, uh, they wanted to turn that into his next film. He mm-hmm. was a pretty big actor at the time. Mm-hmm. But in 1944, RKO Pictures buys the rights for ten grand, mm-hmm. which is quite a bit of money for the 30s. Yeah. And Frank Capra had a nine-film distribution deal with RKO Pictures through his new production company, Liberty Films. And he wanted this one to be his first Hollywood feature after he came back from the war because he created docs and did a lot of war training videos. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We haven't talked about Frank Capra yet. I don't have a lot of stuff on him, but he was like a pretty big director mm-hmm. in the 30s. He was doing like a lot of the screwball comedies, but he 
he's we won like a bunch of Oscars, and I think ended up becoming president of the Academy or something, mm. and um, ran a bunch of those kind of things in Hollywood. So yeah, and then he went to the war. That's interesting too, because Jane, uh, James Stewart also went to the war. Mm-hmm. And so, can you imagine like someone now? Being like an, a famous actor, being like, I'm off to war, you guys. Yeah. Adam Driver signing up to the war for revenge because of 9 11. What? <laughs> That's Adam Driver enlisted in the military after 9 11 because he wanted revenge. Is that what he said? Yep. Huh? Interesting. He never served. He never went to active duty. Um, I think he got discharged after like a training incident or something, but. Mm, well, wow. yeah. <laughs> That's a story. There you go. <laughs> it's for sure a story. <laughs> but um, I think Frank Capra made that uh, Why We Fight video. Do you remember watching that? No. Okay. I'm pretty sure we watched it in American <laughs> cinema. Okay. Which is like war propaganda, stuff yeah. like that. He went and made movies. James Stewart, usually when they would have actors go in, it would be to do like performances for the other people, mm. but like James Stewart loved planes, as <laughs> they said. So he was like, "I'm gonna go into the Air Force," and so he actually served quite a bit for the Air Force, and I think got a couple medals. So that's quite interesting too. And this was his also first movie coming back from the war. Mm-hmm. But Frank Capra bought the rights for ten thousand dollars and got three versions of a screenplay for free. That's what they said and they topped that on top, although I feel like that just means it costs ten thousand dollars for all of it. Yeah. People always say like pay this, you get this free. I still have to pay money for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Although Frank Capra claims that it cost him fifty thousand dollars. I couldn't really get a a good read on Frank Capra in terms of like people liking him mm. as a person. Mm-hmm. Because some of the writers said no, <laughs> said he yeah. was the worst. Mm. But I think, you know, James Stewart worked with him like three times. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Some people's personalities are fine yeah. and then completely clash with other people. So maybe mm-hmm. that's the I case. I guess also, yeah. Some people just, even if they're like a really pushy person, very domineering, you know, tyrant kind of on set, some people don't mind that. And some people really hate that. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's all I have for pre-production. Okay. So we'll go into the categories then. So we'll go through each category in regards to story, characters, visuals, editing, slash music, and societal impact, each giving it a score out of 10. We will then combine those scores to give us a score out of 20 for each round, giving us an even grade out of 100. And afterwards, the film will have a chance to win up to three bonus points in the bonus best round. Okay. Round one, story score, scoring based on writing and plot. I mean, I think generally it's a pretty good story. Mm-hmm. It's kind of depressing but also wholesome (laughs) at the same time (laughs) yeah i told jake i was like this movie's kind of depressing you might like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then at the end he's like it's depressing and i was like well not the end you're like well it's the end of the movie (laughs) yeah it's a christmas movie you're not gonna have a depressing christmas movie yeah like elements as it are (laughs) but you know yeah yeah i mean it's it's interesting that they do start with the flashbacks instead of um like this it goes through his life first yeah, sometimes like it's people, kind of interesting. movies will like start with where they are now and yeah. then go into flashback. It's almost like not really a flashback. Yeah, it's, it's just kind just of like a linear story starting at a point. Yeah, it, it's but it's it's weird because also it starts with the 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 angels or whatever being mm-hmm. like. I think they say that he's. D- 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 are they talking? Yeah, on this, Christmas Eve at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I think they're they like are. in the stars. Yeah, so you don't see that it's Christmas Eve at that point, but like it chronologically is. 
Yeah. And then it like... technically does go into flashback, but it doesn't really feel like a flashback. I mean, because I, suppose, it just starts... I suppose it is flashback because yeah. the whole thing is the stars telling the story of his life to yeah. Clarence the angel. Yeah. So, but it's, you know, we don't get to yeah, see it. Yeah, it's just kind of, of an interesting way of doing it because, mm-hmm. yeah, it just kind of feels like you start with his life and then it's Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and then he's depressed. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a... Um, Maybe I'll start an eight. I really don't know. Okay. I gave it a nine. Okay. I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty well-written story. I think mm-hmm. it's also kind of funny, you know, yeah. good lines, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's also kind of interesting how it's like a movie about someone who really has a dream, mm-hmm. but they don't ever actually get it. Yeah. Which is a little bit maybe strange for something in Hollywood because a lot of movies are about people who have dreams and they do get their dreams. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes they have trials tribulations but at the end they usually get it and this one it's like he wants to be an architect he wants to see the world and he never gets to do that yeah so it's just kind of a different way of doing things i don't know if they do it a lot anymore even still i mean i'm sure there's movies but you know it's definitely not the most popular way to go about it yeah because it's you're pretty much seeing him being like oh well i can't get my dreams and then he's like i guess i'll settle (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's pretty much what happens well i was also listening to one podcast talking about this movie and they were like it's also these movies are written by people who usually are successful yeah because they're this is a movie and it's gotten made and we've all seen it (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) you know so it's like it's it's different Mm-hmm. You don't really hear about people who don't get their dreams because they can't live to tell the tale. Really. Yeah, they don't tell you. Yeah, because how would you a, know about that? They don't have a voice to say that they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know? It's kind of interesting in that way. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Francis Goodrich, who was one of the writers of the screenplay, and said that Frank Capra was a horrid man. <laughs> Apparently, Capra kind of liked taking over the writing process, and uh, her husband, Albert Hackett, said he was an arrogant son of a bitch. <laughs> I think also what happened was he, they had like four writers for the script, um, and those two were married, and there was this other person who was their friend, mm-hmm. and apparently Frank Capra went off with the other person and started writing without telling them, oh. and so they were kind of felt slighted by that, because it was also their friend, mm-hmm. um, and I think on the writing credit, I actually think the two who were married and Frank Capra had the main writing credit, and then it says like, with scenes by the other person, mm. so... Right. Um, <laughs> that they were like apparently they they finished the movie and then never talked to him again <laughs> oh, no. a bridge was burned i guess so but you know we don't know about those people mm-hmm. so i don't know how much else can hear about like writers who are yeah especially from that time i don't know four people though apparently also they had like a bunch of drafts before this because mm-hmm. they had to adapt the main short story i don't oh, yeah. know what the main short story is about i don't know <laughs> i don't know um, but, but it's probably different. It's probably, mm-hmm. I think it, it's, what I read, I think it was about a man who's like, wants to commit suicide on Christmas night, or Christmas yeah. Eve, something like that. So I'm sure that it's pretty much mostly the same, just, I think it's more so like, what does he do for a living? Mm-hmm. I think through that change, through different iterations of the script, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you like that they do like a time jumping thing, going through his life? Um, I don't really, yeah, I think it's fine. I don't. There are other movies that do, I was trying to think, I was like, this reminds me of other movies and I don't know what they are. <laughs> I was reading. Like that order of kind of how they Just do like it. going, yeah, well I was reading like, I, well they said this was kind of loosely based off of like a Christmas Carol. 
Mm. Which is where, you know, he goes and sees his life. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same because George Bailey isn't really looking through his life. He sees mm. a bit of what it'd be like if he wasn't alive. Yeah. But then I was also <laughs> reading that the movie Click was like that. You ever seen Click? With Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> this one that you've mentioned before and you've explained to me what it is. It's but... not a bad Adam Sandler movie. It's weirdly sad. Like, it gets really it's sad. Like, it does get really sad. Yeah. I watched it with Jake this summer, I think. Oh. Well, because it was on. I turned it on. <laughs> it was on. <laughs> it's on because I put it on. <laughs> but I found it and I was like, I'm going to watch Click. It's got. It's not highly rated. It's not the greatest movie, but it's about this guy who finds a universal remote. Mm-hmm. And it, he can basically change things in his life. So he can, like, fast-forward the parts he doesn't like. He can... Rewind and redo things. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And he ends up... He kind of is depressed about his life. He ends up skipping so much of it that he skips all the good parts. Because it's a wonderful life, you know? <laughs> It is really yeah. sad. No, because he also... I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm gonna. <laughs> he, like, collapses on the ground outside the hospital because he had like heart problems mm-hmm. and then it's just a scene of him on the ground in the pouring rain screaming at his children dying <laughs> like, he's like Bah and, and it's like it's pretty sad i should show you some of it later it's yeah for an adam sandler movie because this is the thing it starts out pretty silly yeah yeah and then it's like oh and then it gets sad it's like he's he's just it seems like a very serious topic like 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 i don't know if you were to pitch that topic for a movie i feel like you'd be like oh that sounds like it'd be dramatic there's a guy who finds a universal remote and starts skipping through his life yeah you know what's weird christopher walken's in it yeah that's a weird that is strange he gets he gets the remote (laughs) in bed bath and beyond in the (laughs) beyond section (laughs) you know that would be the place to find it in bed bath and beyond so what I was reading was that that's like a, they said it was like a ripoff of this movie. And I'm like, I don't think that's true, but no. I can see the inspiration. Sure. Yeah. But you know, I don't think it's a ripoff though. Yeah. As far as like going through people's lives, movies go, that's one. This is one. A Christmas Carol, I guess would be one. Mm-hmm. That might be interesting is looking at those kind of movies that go through someone's life. Yeah. Weird that they're two Christmas ones too. Yeah, it's because you gotta realize people that are it's really a wonderful life. At Christmas. Yeah, they're like that's true. They are. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. man, click is kind of like that because it's also the end of the year, so it's reflective of like the year. So then you can also be reflective <laughs> on your life. Wow, you know, that's just some analyzing you're doing on this movie. I mean, it's it's true. I'm just. I mean, in general, people are usually reflective around Christmas time because because you're true. with your family. It's the end of the year. Yeah, like it's just. The my time spotify rap just come out yeah, there you go. i can be like what did i binge listen to too much that i shouldn't mm-hmm. have yeah what was my number one artist this year Elsha? number one artist mm-hmm. this shouldn't be as hard of a question i mean <laughs> it's the beatles right yeah you know what's weird but your number one like the beatles is my number one artist yeah. but none of their songs made it into my top that's five. why i was confused because i was like but wasn't your number one song han and leia from or no luke and, luke leia. and leia from the second year <laughs> in a row isn't it no last no last year, year it was the imperial march no or something. last year it was han solo and the prince okay yeah. but it has this the imperial year. march in it <laughs> that was from empire strikes back this year's return of the jedi we yeah you're downgraded that's true. <laughs> no, I like that theme, though. <laughs> okay, but you still downgraded. I don't know why that one. I feel like... I'm talking about my Spotify wrapped now. Um, I, I, I feel like... I don't know why that one came up so much. I mean, weren't most of your top... Your second one was, like, uh, one from How to Train a Dragon, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The... It went 
Luke and Leia, Forbidden Friendship, yeah. Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Oh, what was number four? So your number one song song was Happier Than Ever. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of them were scores. Well, one of them from was your homework. Home from High School Musical, the musical, the series. I don't know why I listened to that song so much. I don't know why I listened to that song so much. But I like that song. That's the reflection I did this year. Yeah. I was looking back at that. Um, mm-hmm. I really wanted my number one song to be Temporary Secretary, mm-hmm. but I didn't manage to get that mm-hmm. goal. Maybe ne- next year. That's the new mm-hmm. resolution. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-mm. But yeah, reflection. That is a thing. And then people yeah. are like, we have to make New Year's resolutions. They Which never. are bound to fail anyways, because if you start something because it's a certain time of year, you're never going to finish it because you didn't have the energy to start it beforehand anyway. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how many people actually come It's a very pessimistic through. way of looking at it, but it's also true. <laughs> right? It's like, how, how many people actually stick with their New Year's Not very many. It's really just a thing that you think about for like a week and a half, and then you go, what if I didn't do this? <laughs> like last year, and then you do that. Hmm. so i like gyms have an influx of memberships in january and then they all go away by like february march i might join a gym again actually probably can afford it <laughs> but anyways reflection movies i mm-hmm. guess that's the genre we can call it they're, they're good i feel like it's also kind of it's not harder to film but they do kind of have to age you a little bit Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do that much here. Like I, I don't think so. Probably through clothing. Yeah. Now I feel like they would have to do it a bit more because you'd notice more. Yeah. I don't know why. It might be the camera stuff. Yeah. I just feel like you'd notice more. Like if it's like supposed to be five years later, you're like they look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I feel like James Stewart looks almost exactly the same through the whole thing. He, he does. does. Like yeah. when he's like at the very beginning in that dance scene, I was yeah. like, this is an old man. Why is he talking to this 18 year old? Yeah. And then you guys are like, oh, he's supposed to be in college. He's and supposed like, to be like 21. I yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really only have like a four, a four year age difference. It's just that he looks like he's like, I don't know how old he was. Was he like. Let's look it up. Yeah, it's like three because she's 18 and he's 21 or something. Yeah. He was born in 1908 and this movie was 1946. So he's in Probably his 30s. Nearly 40. Yeah. yeah. Like late 30s. Yeah. And I'm guessing Donna Reed was significantly younger because they always Probably. are. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> she looks a little bit older in the later part of the movie. Girl, she's styled differently. Yeah. That, and that helps. Women, it helps a lot. Born yeah. in 1921. Okay. Making her like, what, 13 so years 13. older than him? Or younger, younger than him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not as crazy as it could be, but not great. Yeah. <laughs> but the characters as they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. it's like not, it's like a pretty normal age difference or like it could be a normal age difference, you know? Yeah. Especially for the time. Yeah. An 18 year old and a 21 year old. Yeah. That's pretty typical for the time. Anyways. Um. <laughs> um, narration is also in this movie. You hate that, but it's not that bad. It's one. not really, there's not that much narration in this movie. Yeah. It's really the beginning, which is not really it's not it doesn't really feel like narration because they're just talking to each other and then like there's a little bit just over the his life but it's like a line or two every once in a while so it's not that bad Mm -hmm. and then i just have you know themes Mm -hmm. depression yeah (laughs) yeah um love but also family and love yeah i mean also like working for the better of the community it's almost very uh, um as michael would say utilitarianistic Mm mm-hmm you know, what's good for the people is good for the individual, mm-hmm. which might be a little bit different than how people really view, some people would view life, you know, they'd say mm-hmm. individualism, you should do what makes you happy, but he's like, well, I have to do the work for my community. Yeah. And is that doing the right thing? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> because essentially, if he doesn't take over this business, 
than uh, Mr. Potter, who, his name's Henry Potter. <laughs> That's too close. <laughs> Um, he would take over the whole place, like the whole town, yeah. and he would make it, you know, he'd jack up the prices of living and people wouldn't be able to have a home, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So, I, I mean... He's there looking out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. For the people say. in his community. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all I have for story, unless you have anything else you want to say. Yeah, I mean, generally, I think it's, I think it's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what do you want to give it then? Maybe I'll give it like an eight and a half. I'll bump it up a little bit. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll also go eight and a half. Maybe mm-hmm. nine's a little too high. Okay. Okay, so then we'll move on to round two character count scoring based on character development and relationships. Again, pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe like a, maybe I'll start like an eight and a half. I also gave it an eight and a half. Yeah. I mean, I think they work pretty well against mm-hmm. each other. I think the casting's pretty good. Yeah. So we'll start with George Bailey, played mm-hmm. by James Stewart. He'd previously worked with Frank Capra on You Can't Take It With You and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington back uh-huh. in the 30s. So he was glad to work with him again. Um, don't think he even read the script or anything. He was like, sure, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like he was an interesting person. There's always something about him. When you watch him, you're like, you're, you're just kind of interesting. He's very chaotic in this movie. <laughs> Well, I feel like he's chaotic in a lot of movies. Like yeah. Vertigo 2, he does that kind of thing. Yeah. Like he goes insane. Yeah, that's just his thing. No, yeah, he has a very specific <laughs> voice, too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like I kind of watch him acting. And I'm like, especially for the time when everything was kind of prim and proper, I feel like there's certain times when he'll say things and I'm like, oh, I can see how you tried to make that more natural. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that. Yeah. I think he's pretty good in this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he basically just represents people who put others first. Yeah. He's a very selfless person, mm. but um, does have big dreams. And that's sad because he can't follow them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is sad. What would you do in his situation? What do you mean? <laughs> well, so... Elaborate the question. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go to college. Mm-hmm. First of all, all of his friends are apparently done college by the time he's about to go. Yeah. Because uh-huh. he's waiting for his brother to get back from college. And then he's like, I can go after that. Yeah, which is also, is his brother younger or older? He's than older. Him? I think he's older and then his brother was going to help him get through college, like pay for college. But I think he gives his college money to his brother. I, I think as a, a help out. And then he's college. like, yeah, but I think it's like, I'll, I'll help pay for you to go and then I'll go after you and you can help with me or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but he never ends up going. I think he's mostly just saving money or something. I don't know. Yeah. But he ends up, his father dies, and mm-hmm. then he has to take over the bank. Because if he doesn't take over the bank, um, then Mr. Potter will take everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they have that whole scene where he's like, what if, because he's like, I've got to go to college. Um, and then the plan after that is that when his brother comes back from whatever he's doing, I guess he goes, yeah, goes to college, mm-hmm. then he'll take it over and then he can go. Yeah. But by the time he comes back, he's married. Yeah. And he has another job offer. So, like, would what would you would you be mad? Would you be like, hey, we had a deal, man? <laughs> I mean, I'd probably be kind of mad, but I guess also, like, what other choice do you have? If it's like they have truly moved on with their life, mm-hmm. so there's nothing really you can do about it. You could give up the bank to Mr. Potter. Did you guys no. just breaking in? You guys said that his brother was younger than him or older? I think he's. I, I think his know. brother's I think older. He's no, he's younger. younger. Oh, is he? Younger? Yeah, he's younger, oh, okay. and he like is helping his brother get mm. through school, and then pays for him to go to college. So oh, he's, okay. he's supporting his younger brother. Yeah, basically, yeah. he wants, and that's like I think it's a character thing. He's very selfless. He yeah. very yeah. much helps other people. Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know why I just thought of the pool opening up scene. <laughs> I was talking about this. This movie has a good number of iconic scenes. I feel like the pool opening up one's one of them. The one where he comes to her house after he like leaves and then comes back, and yeah, then he's weird like scene. weird. That <laughs> scene's kind of famous. Yeah. Um, the ending. I feel like some of the scenes from the ending sequence mm-hmm. are kind of famous. The ending is chaotic too. The ending's very chaotic. Everyone's screaming. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I, uh, Everyone's I was, happy. We were watching it and I was like, what would it be like to film this? Just screaming. Well, because every, everyone's There's like so many running people. around. Yeah. yeah. So much is happening. Yeah. Those like police officers are just chilling in his house. I'm also like, Burton she her. left her children in the house. Yeah. And then just left. I'm like, these kids are just That's standing there. That's how they parented back then. I know. It's just funny. They come home. That's and how they like, parented in the 90s I and the 2000s. I mean, one of them is like at least 10, right? Yeah. It's just funny that he comes home to an empty house with only his children and then random police officers there. That's true. Yeah, it's his kids and then like four other adult men. Yeah. <laughs> and then the mom walks in later. He also went up to, to see his kids and then a fourth kid came out and I was like, I thought you only had three. <laughs> no, they have four kids. <laughs> like, where'd they come Well, because the fourth kid's like sick for... Yeah. Like, the whole time. So yeah. you really only see the fourth kid, like, when he goes in to mm-hmm. say hi, and then when they come out yeah. at the end. But I feel like there's some good moments of acting in this one, because mm-hmm. he's, like, well, that scene when he goes in to the first time he goes in to see his kids, <laughs> the girl's playing that song over and over, and you can just kind of see him losing his mind. Yeah. That scene's actually pretty well done. Like, just, at like, that sequence... Yeah. That entire sequence when he comes home and then he goes up to to his sick kid and then he comes back down mm-hmm. is pretty good because like you do see his chaotic meltdown just happening in like that one scene where he comes home and then he's like, "Why are you playing that music? It's so annoying." Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, whatever." And then he's like, and then he goes upstairs and it's like semi nice moment yeah. on the bed, but then he comes back down and he's like, "Do you not know?" play this song and you've been playing a song and then they're all like oh he's like how do you spell hallelujah daddy and then he like throws all the furniture around and goes sorry yeah (laughs) he goes never mind never mind he's on the phone and he's like you send my daughter home half naked in the cold (laughs) yeah that that sequence is pretty good the chaos because he also looks wrecked yeah he he looks and is wrecked and then you're like oh he's gonna snap and then he does and you're like that was nice yeah <laughs> nice but also then there. he goes to jump off a bridge and <laughs> yes and the angel jumps off the bridge from higher up and yeah then he dives in there yeah and i'm like would this kill you then uh well i'm get. i guess no i mean <laughs> i think the thing is i think what it's supposed to be is that the fall wouldn't kill him and obviously it doesn't because he survives Maybe i think it's not. more that it's freezing water and unless he made a racket like from because he like jumps down and is like help help because the the angels in the water Mm -hmm. so i think it's more that if he didn't wasn't screaming for help he probably just would have frozen drowned in the water Mm, that's true because if not he wouldn't have been yelling you know yeah it's not the fall that kills you when you're jumping into water generally Mm -hmm. yeah um it's it's the exposure yeah and And it's like freezing like ice water so if you'd he'd get he'd freeze pretty quick and then also it's like it's like a pretty strong river like lake river whatever yeah. it is yeah but overall i think it's a good character mm-hmm. I, 
I also have this note. I don't know why I put it here, but <laughs> about the young George. Uh-huh. Uh, according to Bobby Anderson, who I think is the kid, in the confrontation between Mr. Gower, who's like the old man who who's his boss, mm-hmm. and young George, H.B. Warner slapped him for real and made his ear bleed, reducing oh, no. him to tears. Oh, no. But then it says that the guy hugged him after the scene was shot. And oh, I'm no. like, jeez. Like How still hard do you have to hit someone to make ear? their ear bleed? Yeah. Probably pretty hard. Yeah, like what? Just like completely. How do you accidentally do that? <laughs> I don't know. He wanted it to be authentic, and then accidentally moved his hand too close. <laughs> like I don't know. What a rip! That poor kid. Yeah. I was also talking to you about that kid. I was like, this kid looks like he's gonna be a model. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Look at yeah. that kid. I was like, wow, you have such a like a chiseled face. Yeah. But but yeah, you want to say anything else about George Bailey? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is pretty much all about him. Yeah. So when I was writing down these <laughs> characters, I was like, I wrote down like four of them. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I but don't know what to say him. about most of them because yeah. it's mostly about him. Yeah, it's mostly just his his life. <laughs> what does he want? He wants to be an architect? Yeah. Okay. I think real life James Stewart was kind of good at architecture and stuff. I think his parents wanted him to go to college for that. Mm. And then he was like... What if I act? <laughs> yeah. But he seemed to find success fairly soon because he, he was on Broadway for a bit and then went to L.A. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting at this time, because of the studio system, people like get hired to certain studios mm-hmm. and then they have to, they, you know, basically don't really get a choice what you act in because you're contracted to them. Yeah. Um, that's what happened with the girl who played, with Donna Reed, who played Mary. Cause mm-hmm. She, I think, was with MGM and they, they said they borrowed her <laughs> because, you know, they... Yeah. they, they, they contractor they can't really do anything else mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting because definitely not how they do it now yeah but yeah i think overall pretty good he's a i mean somewhat like relatable character i guess just like because it is like someone who can't get their dreams that's like i'm sure a lot of people can relate to that <laughs> he's relatable I mean, it's, but it's more of like a, a normal life that you're following it's not someone who's like oh yeah. i want this wild dream he just wants to be an architect yeah, we don't he even know like, if he's good at it. Yeah. Probably. Like, be. it's it's just like an, it's it's just a movie about, like, an average guy mm-hmm. that wants a semi, like, average job that's not, like, a difficult job probably to get. If you yeah. go to school for it, I'm sure you could be an architect. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and it it's just showing the life. Life mm-hmm. happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it sucks, but it's still wonderful. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the whole movie's about finding the other thing. Yeah. You know, it's that everything might not go as you plan. I feel like usually career-wise, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still like the little things that yeah. matter. You still, you still found family, love. Yeah. Stuff like think, at least you found love, George. Bailey. Yeah. At least you found love. <laughs> Do you want to move on to Mary Hatch then? Sure. Played by Donnie Reed. Mm-hmm. I think she's uh, very nice, but um, doesn't really do anything. <laughs> I mean, she does, but it's also kind of a pattern of people in these kind of movies, you yeah. know, for women. Yeah. It's that they kind of don't really have a lot of character. I mean, she's uh-huh. kind. That's pretty much And it. she's a mother. <laughs> Becomes yeah. a mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's mostly it. Because... She does immediately fall in love with him. Well, they, they knew each other when they were kids. Yeah. But she, like, when she sees him again, she's like, oh. <laughs> but he's also kind of like that. Yeah. But it's it's very quick. 
Mm-hmm. But, like, it makes sense because, yeah, they knew each other. <laughs> it's also, like, where was he? Was he gone or something? I know she came back from college. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like they hadn't seen each other in a while. Yeah. It's interesting, though, when he goes back because the Clarence is like, this is what your life would be like. Or this is what life here would be like if you weren't alive. Mm-hmm. And what is she, like, an old maid? Right? Yeah. What is she? What is she doing? I don't know. Does she not marry anyone else? I don't know. The show when she's wearing like glasses. Yeah. And a, a weird hat. And then they're like, we don't know how to make her story different, so we'll just put glasses on her. She now can't see very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. That's because she has no character. Yeah. Then, you know. You know. I wonder if I could find like what happens to her. Maybe. I'm gonna look up the plot. One second, give me a second. Okay, she's a spinster librarian. That seems like a fun life. <laughs> Don't think it's that bad. Kinda <laughs> jealous. When he claims to be her husband, she screams for the police and George runs away. Mm-hmm. I, I too would she, also probably run for the police if someone because he wasn't there. Yeah. It's interesting that they decided to do that because there was another love interest not a love interest but there was that guy calling from new york and that yeah. her mom wanted her to marry that's true so it'd have been interesting to like see her in an unhappy marriage to that yeah. man yeah. instead yeah right? yeah i guess they were like we don't want to have to bring that guy in that was a weird relationship too because he was also his friend though mm-hmm. yeah. at the end of the movie he gives him like 25 grand isn't that right yeah something, something like that. that yeah very strange yeah i almost think his friend gives him permission to date her like, because he talks to him on the phone. I don't remember the exact conversation, but it might have been like, bro, I'm not even that interested. His, her mom's just hounding me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that that conversation is, like, not really related to their relationship. Yeah. But it's probably, like, hinting at, like, oh, well, I can help you out. No, he yeah, he's like, you should come. You should come because there's money here. And he's like, he, he's pretty much like, I have a job for you. You should come here. But or he something. doesn't do that. But he's like, I can't. Well, he's they're very distracted during that phone call. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't They're know. too distracted from each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, she doesn't really do too much, though. She's really just there as a love interest. And that's about it. Um, And then I just have Mr. Potter, played mm-hmm. by Lionel Barrymore. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I think it's too close to Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't know what jk rowling was thinking i wonder <laughs> she had to have seen this movie right I that can't be a coincidence i don't think she had to have seen it i mean it's very it's pretty Let's close it i didn't see it until this year i mean Chelsea sure didn't see it till last year i mean i'm just saying it's <laughs> it's a pretty popular movie and that is a very close name it'd be funny if she didn't because then it's just like oh you just i also think to they're make... both very common names i mean sure it'd yeah. be one thing if the name was like Ezekiel Winterbottom the third, and then she also named a character Ezekiel Summerbottom the third. Apparently, Harry <laughs> Potter is named after his great grandfather Henry Potter, whose name is Harry to his intimates. Wow, you're like I've cracked the code. No. He's he's like the Scrooge of the movie. Really. He's like the evil man. Yeah. Because he's also the reason why they all everything goes crazy at the end. Cause yeah. Because he takes the money. Yeah. Because cause also, I mean, when, if George Bailey's not there, the whole town gets reduced to a town of crime. It's like, um, it's like Back to the Future 2. <laughs> sure. And it is. It's like Biff's town. Yeah. It's exactly just... like that. <laughs> You're like, wow! I've cracked the code again. And, uh, yeah, because yeah. because he wasn't there to stop it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, 
you know, George Bailey is really keeping this town together. Yeah. It's kind of wild. What yeah. if he died? Someone else would have to take his place. Who? I don't know. Whatever his face One of is. his kids. <laughs> no, he wouldn't know because, well, he'd die if he died before that. I guess that's it's also... kind of some other people working they there. They show his life if he wasn't ever born. Yeah. But what about what would happen if he died there and then? Mm. What's the future of this town if he ends up jumping off the bridge? Well, I still think they'd be fucked because they wouldn't have the money. Yeah. They wouldn't so get that. But probably, it, how fast would it? Because she wouldn't be a spinster anymore because she'd have all these kids. Yeah, but then she'd be a single mom with four kids and no husband. Yeah, she, it'd probably be no like money. the wouldn't same. That be interesting it'd too? probably be the same future minus that she st- still has the kids. Because he'd probably still just take over the town, because that's what he wants to do his entire, like, that's the enti- his entire thing. It's like, I'm going to take over everything. Mm-hmm. So if he dies, he probably does take over the town. Okay, well, then we can move on to Clarence, mm-hmm. played by Henry Travers. Yep. Wants his wings. Mm-hmm. Pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guardian angel. Yeah. He's kind of just a plot device, really. Yeah. But he also has moments where he's like, this is not worth it. He's like, it's yeah. got to be an easier way for me to get my wings. Well, he's like, talking is not working. Why don't I trick you? Not trick you, but why don't I show you? It takes him quite a while to believe that this man is an angel. I know, it does. Do you think that you would be like, yeah, okay, I, I believe? Or how long do you think it would take? I feel like it took him far too long. I feel like there were too many things happening. I don't know. I feel like if someone was like... I'm your guardian angel, mm-hmm. and you jumped off a bridge, whatever, you're back. I'd be like, okay, prove it. <laughs> what can you do? Well, he does. He says, can you fly? He goes, no, I don't have my wings. <laughs> yeah, but then I'd go, well, can you do anything else? He can disappear. I'd be like, can you disappear? He'd disappear. I'd go, I believe you. Yeah, would you then? Yeah, would you not believe some if someone came up to you and went, I'm your guardian angel, and then they disappeared in front of you and reappeared? Would you not believe them? I don't know. It's like when people are like, I'm from the future. It's like, how long would it take for you to actually believe that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's also different because, like, back then, it wasn't like the internet existed. Now, if someone showed up, they're like, I'm from the future. I can tell you all these things about you and, like, what I know about you. I'd be like, okay, you Googled me. Yeah. I guess that's true. But, like, back then, it would have been very odd if someone knew all these intimate details of your life. Yeah. Or at least less plausible that they did. That's true. Here's a question. Oh, great. (laughs) You're like, great. I have no information written down. No, Um, what I'm So... So he like snaps him out of existence or whatever, because mm-hmm. he's like, "We'll f- we'll see how you like it when you don't exist." Um, but before that, he's very drunk because he got very drunk and then almost jumped off the bridge. When he like he like heals him when he snaps him out of existence, he's there like completely fine. Is he also not drunk anymore? Because he's still running around the town, going like he's like, "Oh, I I must have like drank a lot." Because I can't find my car anymore, you know? Is he still drunk at that point? I don't know if you've ever been drunk. <laughs> but it wears off. Yeah. Well, no, I know, but, I, like... And also a shock to your body would get your adrenaline pumping, well, yeah. like, the water. But I'm also saying, like, would he have cured him of that? <laughs> he cured him, pretty much. He did. Of of dying? What? No, he of had, like, a cut drunk. on his lip. Oh. So I'm, like, he, he like, healed him. Well, but but he also end, healed he him still... from being drunk. But at the end, he when he he still has the cut on his leg. Yeah, because he undoes it. <laughs> yeah. So do you think he'd still be really? Well, drunk? I'm more like because he's running around being like like acting like he is still kind of drunk because he's like, oh man, I don't, I I like I don't remember. I don't know. Because <laughs> he's still like, where's my car? This is so weird. 
<laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he takes drunkenness away. Why not? He healed him. Why would he not be able to do that? Well, I'm just getting being this drunk, drunk isn't an I'm injury. I'm getting no, but like if he's healing and like getting like I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out the power set of this angel. Oh, you know, okay. maybe he's like, I want to hang out with a drunk guy. Seems like fun. I mean, maybe yeah. you know the angel. Because like, what can this guy I do? He can't drunk. fly until he gets his wings. Sure, he can disappear. But he can't fly until he gets his wings. But how did he get there then? He fell. That him falling from the bridge <laughs> was actually him falling from the sky. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Oh, he's fine. He's an angel. Yeah. He can't die. He... So is he floating through space then? Well, at the start, it looks like they're up in the stars. Yeah. So he falls from the sky <laughs> into the water because <laughs> he doesn't have his wings. So he's like, guess I'll jump <laughs> and then just hope I land properly. Uh-huh. And then he can teleport, but not fly. He can teleport, though. Oh, well, then you can need the wings. What does he need the wings for? Right, he can tell. Yeah, he can teleport, because he can, like, disappear. That's the thing. What does he want the wings for? I don't know. I feel like if I could teleport, I'd be like, that's all I need in life. Status. Status thing. <laughs> I but guess also, so. like, like, you're an angel without wings. It's like, oh, yeah. look at this loser. <laughs> but you can still teleport. He's never even helped a human before. Yeah, well, he has now. I don't know. Do you have any better burning Clarence questions? I don't know. <laughs> I mostly am like, there's an angel in this movie. What can he do? You know? That's a valid question, you know, yeah. because what are the skill sets of said angel? Yeah. He can apparently do anything. He was able to change reality. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He has the gauntlet. <laughs> he has the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> go back in time he can this man <laughs> well these are some powerful angels i i suppose so yeah he does kind of say like okay here's your life yeah without you here's the world <laughs> without you in it but i can't fly but i can't fly <laughs> we're gonna fix that yeah that's interesting is clarence selfish or does he actually want to help him i yeah you know, because a lot of the time he's like, I don't think this is worth it. Yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe <laughs> so that's a, maybe is Clarence not? Does Clarence not actually care? But maybe Clarence can't get his wings until he does. Until he cares. Yeah. I think it's just that he has to help someone. No, but I think it's more so like you know you have to like it, it's not doing something it's how you feel about it mm. that's like the polar express oh my god you can't get the first gift of christmas unless you feel like you believe <laughs> you can be the best leader around but you know you don't get the first gift of christmas you don't get the first gift of christmas if it, christmas if it's anything more difficult to give than a bell that's the answer <laughs> he's like i only have bells and some rocking horses. If you ask for anything else, I can't give it to you. It's kind of like no. Arthur Christmas. Oh my god. <laughs> Grand no. Santa wants to deliver the present, but for a selfish reason. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's not really like that at all. I'm, I mean, that's not. what it made me think of. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering, like, is he selfish? Probably not. I think partly. I think it is part of it, though. Yeah, because he, he does like, go, I want I, my wings. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it's not necessarily that he's like, I am doing this for you. It's also like, I'm kind of doing this for me. He goes, there must be an easier way to get my wings. Mm-hmm. That right there shows that he doesn't actually care that much. Yeah. But maybe through seeing what the world is like without this man, he's like, never mind. Maybe. Yeah. It's just kind of an interesting way. If, if he is supposed to be selfish, it's an interesting way to have an angel in a movie. Because usually angels you think are like perfect. How you many know? other angels are there in movies? I don't know. 
But like if you think of an angel character, you probably would think they're like pretty selfless and like just want to help. Unless I'm wrong. But like, like you're kind. I mean, I feel like there's a good spread of both. I guess so. Um, especially because, like, I guess fallen angels are also a big thing. <laughs> What's that? Like, Lucifer. It was technically oh, an angel, yeah, right? Yeah. And so a lot of movies play off the concept of this angel isn't quite up to angel standards. We're going to send them to so. Earth so they can learn what they got to do. Yeah. Is that a movie? I'm sure it is. I feel like it is. If it's not, let's do it. Uh, Supernatural has angels in it. Like, they're just... Oh, yeah. A lot of fantasy uses angels that aren't necessarily good. They're just... They're just a, like... It's a plot point. <laughs> yeah, they're just a, a species of supernatural creature yeah. in a lot of fantasy. They're not necessarily good. Yeah. Do they have wings? But usually, yeah. like, a guardian angel. Yeah, a guardian angel, I feel like, would normally be more... Yeah, because he's specifically a guardian angel. But is he his guardian angel? Because it seems know. to be that they he probably... had to be told the story of his life. He probably... are. They're probably assigned a human, and then after that's done, they get assigned another human. Or has multi- have multiple humans at a time. I don't know. Anyways, I just have questions about if there's an angel in a movie. I gotta know what they can do. Because clearly he can do anything, really. Except for fly. Anyways, is there any of the characters you want to talk about? Yeah, I think that's mostly the characters that are important. <laughs> mm, but, you know, they're all pretty good. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, um, 8.5 too high, or is that good? I don't know. Is that too high, considering that one of the, them is a woman who doesn't do absolutely anything? But also, it is an old movie, and that's kind of the thing in those movies. So, like, I don't know if it gets points off for that or not. Maybe I'll go to an 8. Sure. Just because they could have done better with her becoming a spinster. Seems like they could have <laughs> come up with something more interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll agree with the name. Okay, we'll so move on to round three, visual volume, scoring based on visual elements such as cinematography, production design, and costuming. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I almost feel like black and white movies, it's, I don't know if it's, they, they all kind of feel the same. <laughs> they all feel like they mm-hmm. kind of look very similar. Yeah. Because they're all just one color, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know if it's like hard to light that kind of stuff, you know, but I yeah. feel like a lot of the times they all just kind of look very similar. Yeah. One another. Yeah. Maybe like an eight? I also gave it an eight. Yeah. Okay. Well, the film was shot in the 89-acre RKO movie ranch in Encino. Covering mm-hmm. uh, four acres of this was the town, which consisted of a main street stretching 300 yards with 75 stores and buildings mm-hmm. and a residential neighborhood. So I think they had to build all this. Wow. I think. From what I can see, oh, I don't think it's a real town. I think it's all fake. It looks pretty good. <laughs> Capra <laughs> added a tree-lined center parkway, built a working bank set, and planted 20 full-grown oak trees. Jeez. Pigeons, cats, and dogs were allowed to roam the mammoth set to give the town a lived-in feel. The frick? Yeah, kind of. How are they controlling the pigeons? They just let them go. So, <laughs> wouldn't there already be pigeons? I don't know. California? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know necessarily where Bedford funny. Falls They're like, is. Be free, pigeons. <laughs> I feel like they wouldn't go that far. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they most... just sprinkle some food around the set and the pigeons will be around to like give it some like liveliness. Yeah, I guess so. I think it's kinda of wild that they like built this whole city. Yeah. Which I mean I guess kinda of makes sense. Like there are some city sets, but they usually use that for a lot of things. They Yeah. They like build it specifically for it's also this. like that's a lot of city. Yeah, I guess they well, do, like, they do drive around and, like, they're in a lot of the city. It says it's three city blocks. It's a lot. With 75 stores. <laughs> Those are some small stores. <laughs> yeah, what? 
I have no idea. Oh, that's what it says. I guess they're like, if we make the stores look really narrow, it'll look like there's more of them. So it'll trick you into thinking there's more blocks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but what do you think of the production design? I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, especially like, if they had to build it. Yeah, stuff. it doesn't look, I mean, it's like, it, it, you, you're like, it's probably a set. But it doesn't look that setty. I feel like. Yeah. You know? I've, some, some sets you look at and you're like, oh, that's a set. I feel like this, you're like, yeah. I feel like I look at the house, though. Like, Mm -hmm. the psycho-type house. Looks Mm -hmm. scary. And then I go, like, on the inside, it's, like, all nice. And I'm like, I feel like this place just seems to me like it'd be too far gone. Look, do you see it? That thing's gross. I mean, it is, yeah. Um, And I guess they fix it up a little bit. The inside looks very, like, lived in. Like, the especially at the end when they go in, there's all the Christmas decorations. There's so many Christmas decorations. The entire seat, you can't see the ceiling because it's just decoration. Really? Yeah. There's oh. a lot of decorations on the ceiling. Take your word for it. Um, I don't know. I think, I think if they built it all, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I think it looks pretty good. Okay. Well, it's, uh, one thing that's kind of interesting, RKO Studios head of special effects Russell Shearman developed a new compound using water, soap, flakes foamite and sugar to create chemical snow for the film well before then movie snow is made from untoasted cornflakes which would create but it would create such a sound when people stepped on it they had to redub the dialogue the Mm. dialogue because it's so loud just cornflakes crunching (laughs) (laughs) and i actually got a technical achievement award for that because they invented a new way to have snow in movies. That's fun. So funny. Cornflakes. <laughs> so that's just kind of something about snow. Well. I mean, there's not a ton of snow in the movie because a lot of it's not set at Christmas. But, but what it is, like, the entire, like, ground is snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as cinematography goes, uh, Victor Milner was hired to be the film cinematographer, but Frank Capra found him pretentious and boring. <laughs> that's and Great. So, uh, he he hired this guy called Joseph Walker then, but he had to return to a different film that he was working on because I think it's just like he's in contract with the studio. Mm-hmm. And then so he, that guy hired Joseph Byrock to replace him. So this film had like three cinematographers. <laughs> um, but they said because their scenes were all so different, they didn't have to worry about like competing visual styles, mm. I guess. Interesting. Which I'm like, it, it, I guess they all look, they all look pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's good, though. I feel like it could be a bit more Christmassy, but that's that's just me. I mean, but would it be Christmassy enough if the rest of the scenes were at Christmas time? Like, do the Christmas scenes as they stand, do the, if you put that style over all the rest of the scenes, would it be Christmassy enough for you? Because I feel like the scenes that are Christmas seem like they are Christmas. The town's very snowy. <laughs> There's Christmas decorations all over it. The house is all decoration. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it feels pretty Christmassy when it's the Christmas parts. Yeah. Do they have Christmas music playing? Yeah. yeah. Well, she's playing, playing the piano band. for that yeah, entire scene. But I mean, like, for score. I don't know. No. I don't remember. Well, do you mean, like, diegetic? Or, like, a lot of the music in the film is Christmas music. Almost exclusively, I would say. From what I remember. Music? I remember I, I sang along at one point. I that's was, like, true. singing along to the carols. Yeah, that's true. But I, don't I know. feel like it's probably Christmassy enough for me since most of it's not at Christmas. Mm, I'm trying to think of other things in this movie. I mean, there's the disappearing effects. When does that happen? The angel? He, like, uh, gets him out of the house when he breaks into the house and then he, like, pretends to be crazy so that the cops 
tackle oh, yeah. him down and then he like poofs away and then they're like what the fr-? they oh, don't yeah. seem that confused i remember because i was like it's a force ghost yeah <laughs> but they don't seem that confused he like disappears and they're just they're like they seem a little confused but i feel like if that happened to me i would freak out Didn't you know they're just kind of like huh? is that a thing is jacket stayed maybe so uh, maybe, maybe i'm making this know. up but then when wherever he teleports to he'd be naked <laughs> Not if it's if it's just his jacket. Maybe the jacket's not um his property. Maybe it has to be angel clothes mm. and the angel clothes teleport. I'll but if that was his jacket, human jacket doesn't teleport with him. I'll I don't take know. it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good theory. Do you have anything else? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think generally it looks pretty good, mm-hmm. and I think the sets look pretty good if they built mm-hmm. them all. I think they built them all. That's what yeah. it seemed like what I was reading. Yeah. I mean, if they built the whole town, they built all the other buildings. I don't think that they filmed everything there. Some of it was on a, in the studio mm-hmm. um, in, in like California somewhere, but... Yeah. 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 But I think generally pretty That's good. A movie. Yeah. Visually, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. We can talk a little bit maybe about... Uh, they did colorize the film, oh. which is a big controversial thing in mm-hmm. black and white movies. I didn't read a lot about this, but what are your thoughts on colorizing black and white films? I feel like they probably never look that great. I think they probably always look better in black and white, and you might as well just leave it alone. But some people are like, well, it it was intended to be watched in black and white, but it's also like sometimes they didn't have color film. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess it depends on what time it was made. Yeah. Because if it was made at a time where they intention i mean i guess if it was made at a time where they had color and they intentionally didn't black and white i don't know why you would do that yeah but like i, I think no but i mean even if the only option was black and white then yeah. the film was designed around being seen in black and white like they yeah. would have planned costuming production design everything would have been done for black and white also like, like lighting i feel like lighting for black and white's different exactly. because you need more contrast or else it just looks really flat yeah so i don't know but no, it's like um, the lighthouse like was filmed in black and white. Now, yeah. obviously, they had color, so yeah. to put it in color now would be okay. like, well, obviously, it was an artistic choice to do it in black and white. So you're disrespecting the artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that sense, um, but I think yeah, even if it was like your only option was black and white, there were still design choices and artistic choices made to accommodate that format. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other movies where they've done that. <laughs> Where they've colorized? Yeah. They, they, I think it's mostly it just famous. Like, for fam- like big famous. I just don't see why. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, there's probably not a point to you doing that. Because it looked fine before. I wonder if there's people who really like that. Do they do it because they think more people will watch it if it's in color? Because some I people don't, don't like black and white movies because they're in black and white. They just don't like watching this, things. This is what I'm reading on Wikipedia. Okay. Director Capra met with... What whoever to colorize it's a wonderful life based on an enthusiastic response to the colorization of topper from actor carrie grant so i guess he saw a different movie colorized and was like that looks good and so they prepared 10 minutes of colorized footage from it's a wonderful life from view and he was like yeah so he had he signed an enthusiastic agreement he had to pay half of the two hundred and sixty thousand dollars cost of colorizing the movie and share any profits but I don't think he liked it. <laughs> that's such a rip. Wait, maybe that's not true. I'm still reading the rest of it. I just feel like there's something that I've never heard of. Colorizing movies? No, I mean for this movie. And like, you, I don't know if you could find it. Yeah, because they don't air it in color. They yeah. always air it in black uh, and white. I so like pictures. It, 
I guess so. I'm but like, I, was right it now. something that wasn't actually released or something? Because I feel like if it was, you'd be able to find it. I feel like if you Googled it, like if you Googled mm. It's a Wonderful Life, three, I feel like it would come up somewhere. Three colorized versions have been produced. First uh-huh. released by Hal Roach Studios in 1986. Second authorized and produced by the film's permanent owner, Republic Pictures, in 1989. Both Capra and Stewart took a critical stand on the colorized editions. I'm guessing that means they didn't like them. Mm. And then... A third version was produced by Legend Films in 2007 has, and has been released on DVD, Blu-ray, and streaming services. Mm. So it exists. I just feel like there's some people who would be, like, sacrilegious to do yeah. that. I don't know. I mean, if I really wanted to watch this movie and if the only option was color, I wouldn't be like, no. I mean, I'd try it. I just feel like it'd be... Yeah. I just feel like, why not just watch it in black and white? It's literally the same except it's not color <laughs> but anyways so it, it, there is a version in color but i don't know how many people have seen it but it was released mm-hmm. and it exists somewhere mm-hmm. but anyways is that all you want to talk about for visuals i think probably yeah okay i think an eight's fine yeah great yeah, i think eight. okay so we'll move on to round four editing enumeration scoring based on editing music and sound design i mean i think pacing and like editing wise it's fine Mm-hmm. There are some wipes in this movie, <laughs> but uh, I mean the rest of it's fine. Mm-hmm. And sound wise, I do not remember any like score from this movie. Mm-hmm. There is some Christmas songs, but that's about it that I can remember. I don't know, maybe like uh, I don't know, a lot of eights, but maybe an eight. <laughs> I give it a seven point five. Okay, I was like maybe seven point five. Mostly because I, I wrote like nothing. <laughs> I said the editing is pretty average. Nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. There are weird transitions. They're not weird. You just don't it's like just, them. It's just the left to right wipes. But they also have like these, this thing they do where it, the scene will fade to black. Yeah, it, it almost feels like a commercial break. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know why they do that. Um, because it know. just feels like you did not end the scene. Yeah, that's mm. true. Like, we couldn't get away with that now. No. People would be confused. People would think it's over and start clapping and then be like, oh. Yeah, but editing-wise, yeah, it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I said the music is fairly average. It could be more Christmassy. But you know what's weird? I was looking at this score on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And the, it's weird because the songs have the talking in them. Oh. So they literally just took the movie and made it into I think so. Spotify. Well, from what I understand, that's all of it. They recorded it all on one track. They're yeah. like, this is it. There's yeah. no there's no mix in this later. Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty old movie-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's not like... <laughs> yeah, I don't think... I don't. I feel like I can't remember much score from this. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I wonder when scores really became like a big thing. I know like Alfred Hitchcock had quite a few famous ones because Bernard Herrmann is a pretty big score. Yeah. And then like film noir movies had like a lot of strings and like, you know, very specific mm-hmm. sound. But yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, this movie's more of a uh, visual and story movie. There's not that much. <laughs> yeah, I do have one little fact. In the scene where Uncle Billy gets drunk at the the party and mm-hmm. staggers off, um, he goes off camera and a crash is heard off screen. And the guy who plays Uncle Billy yells, I'm alright, I'm alright, um, implying that Uncle Billy had knocked into some trash cans. But a technician had actually knocked over some equipment. And... I guess the guy who played Uncle Billy just said that because it happened. Oh. <laughs> um, Egg Capra left it in um, and rewarded the technician with a $10, which is equal to $141 in today's money. Wow. Thanking him for the sound improvement. 
kind the of funny. The technician's like, the technician knocked something over and went, I've just ruined my whole career. Yeah, I thought I was going to lose and my And then job. they walk over here, I have 10 bucks, and he's like, oh, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such I a haven't. random thing. I was like, that's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. I was like, what was the original plan for this scene? You're just going to walk off screen? I guess so. I just imagine this, like, technician setting up some, like, putting some C-stands away being like we'll put these all nice and then <laughs> when do you think they invented the c-stand i don't know that's just what i imagined. <laughs> i don't know probably the long i mean but ago. they'd have some sort of stands for the lights, lights or something. something yeah some lights we funny. have i'm like this feels very old yeah <laughs> you know like, I'm sure ancient. They, yeah <laughs> yeah that's it's pretty much all i have really can't find much on this so. that's fair i'm trying to think if there's anything else to talk about in this round this could just be an ultra short round. I think it's gonna have to be. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything else to put. Because I mean, they. I mean, there is indeed Christmas music in a Christmas movie. Good for you. I like the part where she plays the song over yeah. and over. It. You almost feel as annoyed as he does. Yeah, uh, I, I was getting annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's probably intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a seven. Honestly. Yeah. I don't know uh, if that's too low since the there's nothing like wrong with the editing. Yeah. But I mean, there's not really anything wild with like sound design or music wise you i know? think i'll give it a 7.5.5 for that one guy knocking over stuff it's kind <laughs> no, of no that is valid maybe i'll give it a seven and a half okay i will move on then to round five societal film scoring based on the impact the film has on society and the industry mm, well i guess industry wise that guy made snow <laughs> <laughs> i guess that yeah. affected the industry yeah kind of. i suppose so they wanted a technical achievement award for it yeah so that's something um, I mean, and other than that, this is, like, one of the most famous, uh, Christmas movies. Not only that, it's one of the most famous, like, old movies, too. Yeah, that's like, true. It is widely regarded as, like, a, g- a good movie. Yeah. This is also probably the oldest movie we've ever done. That's true. Wow. Maybe I started, like, an eight and a half. Okay, I, I started a nine. Okay. But, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the movie was, like, panned when it was released, yeah. Released on January 7th, 1947, had a budget of $3.18 million and made $3.3 million at mm-hmm. the box office. So it, like, barely made its money yeah. back. Like, just... Better than not making your money. But the film recorded a loss of $525,000 at the box office for RKO, who distributed it. Mm. So, it ripped for them. Mm-hmm. But in 1990, It's a Wonderful Life was deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Mm from the uh library of congress yep stated and it was selected for preservation in the national film registry mm-hmm. another one of those babies yeah still don't know what that means mm-hmm. i do but i'm wondering if they have like the original film reels is it a dvd copy that they just keep in the vault <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you know i don't or know or is it just like these are the movies we're just gonna say it's just are a important. list yeah, like there has to be a a hard copy in case all the other copies in the world die. Yeah, in case I don't know a meteor hits and that vault still exists somehow. Yeah. Um. In two thousand eight, American Film Institute revealed its ten top ten, the best ten films in ten classic American film genres. After polling over fifteen hundred people, uh, It's a Wonderful Life was acknowledged as the third best film in the fantasy genre. I was also like, is this a fantasy movie? Because it does say that if you Google it, it says drama slash fantasy. I mean, I guess there's angels. Yeah, angels aren't real. So. I guess yeah. so, but, you know. It's right. technically fantasy. I guess so. Is Click a fantasy movie? <laughs> yeah. 
interesting. So I, I, I guess fantasy like maybe be sci-fi. I guess cause fantasy because fantasy is also like a lot wider of a genre <laughs> yeah. than you would that's usually the thing. think. People think like fantasy only yeah. is period pieces with like dragons in it. Yeah. But that's mm. not true. Yeah. Fantasy can just be like something like, out of reality. Twilight's a fantasy. Yeah. Anyways, it wasn't until 1976 when the film started running on TV that it really became a beloved cap, uh, classic. Yeah. Um, and in 1984, uh, Frank Capra said, It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. The film has a life of its own now, and I can look at it like I had nothing to do with it. I'm like a parent whose kid's grown up to be president. I'm proud. But it's the kid who did the work. I didn't even think of it as a Christmas story when I first ran across it. I just liked the idea. Hmm. He doesn't even think it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> so I mean, but I think it is. But you know what's very weird? Is that they were like... It made no money. Mm-hmm. Um, the critics... They, some of them thought it was cute, I think. Some of them were like, it's, it's not that good, whatever. Yeah. But it was nominated for five Oscars. Yeah, that's weird. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Sound Recording, Best Film Editing. And wow. won a Technical Achievement Award for Making Snow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and also won a Golden Globe for Frank Capra for Best Motion Picture Director. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. Yeah, that's really strange. Yeah, it, like, made no money. People didn't really care about it. it but it was well. nominated for a bunch. Yeah. Strange. I don't know. Maybe it's because of who they were. Yeah. Frank Capra was already... He'd already won Oscars before that. Mm-hmm. James Stewart was, like, one of the bigger movie actors at the time. They all just had Meryl Streep vibes where it's, like, if she's in anything, she gets, she gets nominated. Yeah. They're I mean, in it anything. didn't really win. But, yeah, I think it still, like, tends to be people's... Some people's Christmas movie. Yeah. It is, like, one of those ones when you think, like, what's a Christmas movie doing? I don't know. It's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's up there with, it's definitely some people's favorite one. Mm-hmm. It's probably on a couple of lists. It's, like, one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, not probably. Like, I don't know, like, probably not top. Yeah, but it's probably, but it's probably on those on lists list. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's generally near the top of any best Christmas movie list. Mm-hmm. Usually it's at number one. I feel like if I've looked at, uh, when I've looked at Christmas movie lists for other for other episodes, I remember it being somewhere near the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it is pretty significant if it's that big. Yeah. And if it did get a technical achievement award for Snow, which presumably, pre- presumably they use that in a lot of other films. I mean, it's, it's advanced from then, but like <laughs> at the time they were probably like, wow, we got a new way to make Snow. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's the most, that's the biggest thing for you. You Like, I don't care about the cultural significance. I mean, it is still culturally significant, but I mean, I feel like it's pretty widely known that, like, everyone knows that this movie exists, especially around Christmas time. It's always on TV, like I said. Yeah. On Christmas Eve, you can, I can guarantee you it's on TV somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, you think it's on TV right now somewhere? I don't know, right now. It's a bit early. December 24th. I mean, yeah, but I just feel like this is really, like, a Christmas Eve movie. Yeah. Like, it play, it plays probably in other parts of December, but, like, generally Christmas Eve, it's always playing. But that's more widely known. I just think the snow things. Because, like, usually we don't have too much, like, how it changed the industry things. Mm-hmm. I probably did a little bit. But <laughs> the snow. only thing. <laughs> the yeah. snow maybe changed the industry. The rest of it's just it is very culturally significant. Yeah. I mean, it's always weird to be like, how did it change the industry? Because yeah. very few movies do that. But if it does. But sometimes you get, like, a Star Wars or, like, a Jaws. Yeah. It does. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I guess a 9, maybe. Or maybe that is too high. I don't know. Maybe an 8.5 is better. 
Yeah. I feel like, I feel like maybe I would say 8.5. Yeah, sure. 8.5. I can live with that. Okay. Well, then it's time to move on to the bonus best round. So, film can get a bonus point if we agree on it being the best film in the category presented, and it can win up to three points. Did you manage to finish? All right. The guardian angel you'd want to help you out in a crisis. Okay. So, we have Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. Uh-huh. Um, Al the Boss Angel from Angels in the Outfield. Um, I was specifically looking at the 1994-1995 remake with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh-huh. who plays the angel. Uh-huh. I've never even heard of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's like three remakes of it. it oh, okay. It's quite a story. Well, it's I've a done. baseball movie? It's a baseball movie nice. based on the Anaheim Angels. They use that baseball team. Oh, okay. Wow. But I believe the coach is the angel. I don't know. Um, and then I had Bartleby and Loki from Dogma, um, which, <laughs> to give you a little rundown, directed by Ben Affleck uh, and starring Matt Damon and um, I believe Ben Affleck <laughs> as a two angels. Let me look. <laughs> I might be wrong on that. I gotta, I gotta make sure. Sorry. Um, not directed by Ben Affleck. Starring oh. Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. Directed by Kevin Smith. Okay. Mm, I thought you were going to say Kevin Spacey Uh, for a second. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) Matt Damon and Ben Affleck playing these two angels who are just jerks. Who are exiled from heaven and sent down to this town. Oh, well, that's Mm -hmm. like the movie that you said, does this movie exist? And it does. I couldn't give it away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what? There's a lot... There's not a lot of... uh, Well, you know what? Number one on this list of, like, top ten angels. They were all older movies. Apparently there was, like, a trend... Yeah, around the time angels? when It's a Wonderful Life came out, that oh. a lot of their that was a trend. They liked a lot of Guardian Angels, okay, They're moral like, movies. Do I you guess. Think that Christopher Walken in Click is an angel. I don't know. That uh, I'm gonna say no. He <laughs> gives me the same vibes as the Santa and the Princess Switch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, is he an angel? <laughs> How many times can we reference the Princess Switch on this podcast? Well, it's Christmas time, so probably quite a few. Probably the amount of Christmas episodes we have. I think we've brought it up in every Christmas episode. Sure. I mean, it's not a terrible movie. Chelsea has watched it like four times since we watched the third one. No, I I just like... You've watched a lot of scenes. I like the prince. (laughs) I know. I'm just saying we watched the third one and then the next day you went, oh, I was watching the second and first movie last night and we went, what? <laughs> and then the next day you were like, what if I bought this pretty much it track of all three movies? And I went, what? That's and then you so were watching more random scenes. I'm pretty sure we watched the well, second I, I half. I got some second... food and then I needed to put something on. So you put on the well, first movie. You know, how, you know how much it sucks trying to find something to put on when you just want to eat? Yeah. So I'm, I'm just in saying, that mood, and then, them I, a lot. and then I saw it, and I was like, I'm going to put that on. I know. I'm just saying you've watched it a lot recently. Yeah, it's not For terrible. someone who's like, uh, it's a bad movie. I didn't say that. I don't know, but you're like, hmm. Oh, it's not, I, it, well, it's not I great. feel like you don't like to admit that you like it that much. No, I'll admit it. I think it's, I like watching it. But I'm not going to say it's, like, a great movie. Like, stylistically, it's not that great, but I like watching it. It's a good time. You know? I mean, I agree. It's a that good like, time. I enjoy watching specific scenes. I also rarely watch... I don't watch the movie all the way through. Yeah, but you watch like, most gonna, of the scenes individually. I'm going to watch, like, yeah. It's, sometimes I'm like, it's kind of cute. Yeah. Anyways. But that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about angels. Yeah. You'd think that there'd be more angels in movies. This is so strange. Yeah. Click! 
popular movies about angels click i'm gonna put in christopher walken into the running (laughs) okay (laughs) well i still haven't seen that i think they say i think they say he's an angel or something i I haven't seen it in so long i kind of like that movie (laughs) um but anyways i don't know i feel like if this is who's gonna be my guardian angel Hmm. well it seems to be that the people from dogma uh wouldn't do that good of a job right because they got exiled from heaven yeah that being said, Clarence also just wants his wings, but he is successful in turning George's mind around. He does also have mad powers, apparently. Yeah. He changes reality. That's true. He can teleport. But he doesn't have wings. Well, he does at the end of the movie. Does he actually change reality, or does he just show him a version of reality? I think he changes. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean... I don't think... Because it... It's weird that he would change reality and then be know. like, okay, we'll go back again. In From a- what I know about Christopher Lloyd as an actor, he seems to play very chaotic roles. And yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. him as an angel, that's got to be chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he is, but my my money's hedging my bets that that's a chaotic character. Mm-hmm. Do you want a chaotic character, though? Uh, it depends on what's happening. Am I going to die? Then I guess, yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, then I guess, I don't know. I guess probably Clarence. Right. He's kind of funny. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> funny. He does he does help out. If you I feel like if you need a guardian angel, you probably need someone who's going to help you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. So. Okay, we'll go with that. Then. Yeah. Okay. The second question, I've I've come up with a genre title for what you were guys were calling reflection movies. I'm okay. called what if movies. Mm-hmm. I've decided. Okay. Sure. Um, so the best what if movie format so this isn't necessarily the best movie but the best way they do that kind of reflection okay you know so we have it's a wonderful life Mm -hmm. 13 going on 30 Mm -hmm. uh back to the future 2 and donnie darko i hate donnie i I know you do but (laughs) you got to think about the format like how okay. they, how they show. You have to explain Don Tucker. I can't um, even you say have it. To explain <laughs> Don uh, so basically, the plot of the movie doesn't really matter. I mean, it yeah. kind of does, but the idea is you see this guy, he's sleeping, he sleepwalks, all this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But then at the very end of the movie, he wakes up and realizes it's just a dream of what would have happened. Okay. Um because at the start of the movie, a plane crashes into his house, but he escapes and blah, blah, blah. But at the okay. end, he gives up. He, like, just lets the plane kill him. And so he saves the rest of the town, basically. Uh, I feel like you'd hate it. I feel yeah, like probably. the vibes are so weird. It is an yeah. odd movie. Back to the Future 2, we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 13 mm-hmm. Going on 30, we're all familiar with that great yeah. film. Yeah. Well, I don't know where to start. <laughs> this movie is, like, we're going to just show you, well, I guess for him, for uh, for the audience or for the character? Because for us, we just see his life. For, for I guess us. you're going most effective for the audience, yeah. Like, most effective at having, fla- like, flashback and telling someone's life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Showing what their future or, yeah, like, what the world just would be. Just the best way to show that, like, alternate reality. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the Future 2, I think, is kind of good. That's a great film. <laughs> Because it's, Um, like, basically, well, he goes to the future. He goes to see it. But the reason that that happens is because he was going to try and, you know, cheat the system Mm -hmm. and get all the money by by, uh, betting on races. And he has all the answers, whatever. Yeah. But then he gives it. He accidentally lets Biff have it, you know, Mm because Biff gets in the time machine. Yeah. So that's a great thing about, like, um should you play god almost in a way yeah which is just interesting is that an effective way i guess in that movie it's like you're i mean it's because of an action that the character does that it happens it's not like i mean i guess most of them are 
I don't know. But I think that <laughs> helps with character development then. Yeah. Because if it's his actions that led to that, then he has to fix it. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I'll help you out by showing this. Mm-hmm. You know? I guess we'll go to 13 going on 30. Well, she just, she's like, I want to grow up. Yeah. And, and then, then it happens too fast. Magic and then dust she is realizes, like, why don't you? <laughs> that's also playing with like childhood innocence in an adult world. It's mm-hmm. like looking back on having those morals of a child while you're in. Yeah, you know, as an it's adult. also like the choice she makes because she like kicks out Mark Ruffalo at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, but then once she sees what happens of, of her life after she makes that choice, yeah. she gets a redo. Don't be mean to Mark Ruffalo. That's yeah. the mm-hmm. moral of that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That 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 story it's like she sees what's going to happen and then she goes back and the exact same well, does the exact same thing. I mean she gets together with him instead cuz she is like yeah. oh I was an asshole to him. But doesn't the same thing happen when she grows up like she still works at the same place, does she? Or do they not show that? I don't think they show that. I think it cuts after she like comes out of the closet mm. and kisses him. Oh yeah, I guess so. Well they show them when they're older, don't they? I think they show them getting, getting married, married yeah. but they don't yeah. show what happened to her yeah. life. Is there but most one? effect, no, but the other one is Donnie Darko. Right? Oh yeah, we hate yeah. Donnie Darko. And then it's Wonderful Life, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this movie though is showing all of his life, yeah, and then showing how things would be different if he was not alive. It's right back to back. Yeah. Something like Back to the Future Two. I guess you'd have to have previous knowledge from the first movie. Back to the Future 2 is also leaning a lot on, like, a lot of the reveal stuff of what's different is just stuff that they establish at the beginning of the movie. Like, it's like, I don't know, because they go around the town and it's, like, different. But I guess that's, I guess it is based on the first movie. Is there, like, Back to the Future 1, too? Wouldn't Back to the Future 1 also follow into into this category of seeing someone's life? Because you start off with the parents at the beginning, and then you go back and see how they change. Yeah, I think it's more because it's been established in the first one. Yeah. I don't know. It also came up on a list when I was, like, Googling Mm. movies. Like, it's a wonderful I would almost say it'd be less effective if it's based on the first movie's knowledge, then. Right? Maybe. You're like, I just want to give it to Back to the Future. Well, no, but you would also have seen that movie. It's like Marvel stuff. You can't really judge that without seeing any of those either, too. (laughs) I mean, but if we're saying the method of showing... Well, I'm more so wondering why the first one doesn't count. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you can say it does. Yeah, because then if you're saying, well, the second one doesn't count because... Or it wouldn't be as good because it's based on the first one. The first one does the same thing. Then probably I would say the first one does it more effectively because the second one's... Okay, but then does the first one do... Does that, that effectively show... I feel like there's a lot of setups and payoffs in Back to the Future. That's the difference between like that and It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. I would almost argue the writing's a little bit better because you have to do it so specifically. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Because but... you have to set things up. Whereas in It's a Wonderful Life, it's like, here's a bunch of stuff. And here's how it would change. Here's a little bit of a contrast. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily like we have to pay things off. There's a lot of payoffs in Back to the Future. I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is chronological. I mean, that shows his whole life, too. Yeah, because I think the main difference is that, like, most of those other movies, they do the future, and then they show going back, and then they go back to the future. Or the present, you know? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> but It's a Wonderful Life is different because it's just like it is technically a flashback, but you see it as a chronological. You see him growing up mm-hmm. and then it happens and then it changes. So it's like that's like the main difference between them. All the other ones you see like it is like a flashback or like a change in what their reality is. You know? But is that more effective then? 
Effective in doing what? I just think it's like a storytelling format of showing that like what if factor. Like, yeah. I think it is di- interesting that It's a Wonderful Life like goes through his life and then mm-hmm. like resets. Whereas yeah. all the other movies, it's either like a dream or they show you that future and it's like, well, do I want to end up there? I guess also you can think of how it affects the character. Because in It's a Wonderful Life, it like, I mean, he completely like rethinks his whole life kind of he mm-hmm. gets he like completely is like oh i am important <laughs> yeah like people actually need me in back to the future it's just a fun thing i mean kind of no but, but what he changed like their whole family his whole everyone around him changes well yeah but do they change when he comes back i think they change because he went there in the first place i guess so. it's those things that he teaches his dad that changes the way that the future goes. Yeah. But it's, it's also, also hard because of... he's kind of a flat heart character. <laughs> yeah, but... Because if we're also... talking about, like, he's experiencing it, he's he doesn't really change. It's he changes what's happening around him. Yeah. Whereas it's a wonderful like a life. He gets changed because of, he's, because of what he sees. There is a little bit of change in Marty. But, like, a speck. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like... And then it's the same kind of thing, like, 13 going on 30... She changes because of what she sees. You made a hard question. I don't know. I just feel like if I was, if you were like asking me which one do I think is more effective, I feel like I would think that Back to the Future is almost just a little bit better of a script. I just think it's like because of the way they have to set things up and pay them off and then that changes the future. You can see those character changes going throughout it by the end. I mean, it's like, I don't think it's a wonderful life. Does it? It does it very quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I just feel like when you watch and you're like, whoa. I, don't know, I feel like I would say Back to the Future. I just think for me, it's a bit more like, whoa. No. Mm. I feel like since it doesn't affect the character as much, I would almost lean aw- away from Back to the Future because mm-hmm. like it is still it's still I think it's still effective. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, I almost feel like it's less personal of a use of it. Maybe, but that, it is all of his family. But it's not him. Well, you know, I don't know. I think personally, I would maybe give it to something else. I don't know. I'd give don't it back to, to the future. Okay, well then it doesn't get the point. Well then, what do you want to give it to though? You decide on that. Maybe it's a wonderful life. I mm. feel like it's probably the most deep out of the other options. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So if I'm not going back to the future, it'd probably be it's a wonderful life. Okay. So right. we'll disagree. <laughs> so it does not get the point. No point. <laughs> all right. Last question. The box office flop that redeemed itself the most. So mm. all of these are movies that they didn't necessarily like lose money at the box office, but the mm-hmm. studios considered them a failure and were like, oh, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The which old one? one? Yeah, the first okay. one. And The Wizard of Oz. So all of these had budgets around okay. $3 million. Yeah. All of them made back their budgets, but, like, just barely. And they were like, well, that was a waste of time. Hmm. <laughs> um, and then they kind of, all of them kind of got success uh, after, later. like, later distribution deals. Okay. That's interesting. Sometimes things do flop and later on they're like, never mind, we think it's good. Yeah. Vertigo did that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll start with Wizard of Oz, maybe? I mean, it's Why a very not? famous movie. Yeah. Probably, like, one of the most famous old movies. Like, cause that movie's from 1938. Yeah. I feel like that's probably the oldest movie that the most amount of people have seen. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or at least, like, iterations of it. Like What? What other version of it are you watching? I don't know. Not even watching, but, like, iterations of that story. 
Like what? There's... Like Muppets Wizard of Oz? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, sure. There's that uh, weird... Wicked? Wicked is... No, but there's also... The... Is it just called Oz? There's a version oh. that it was like weird newer. Yeah. I mean, and then there's, also there's like... I think like... there's a TV show that's called like the Emerald City yeah. or something. There's too. also like stage shows other than Wicked. Like just normal Wizard of Oz stage shows. Like there's a bunch of iterations, versions of Wizard of Oz. So even if you haven't seen the original, it's become like a huge thing mm-hmm. in other versions. Um. But even the original, I think a lot of people are really, really like. What was the other one? <laughs> uh, Char- Willy Wonka oh, and the Chocolate right. Factory. Mm. Um, Which you could say the same about. There was yeah. a remake. They're I haven't doing seen that movie in so long. I haven't either. They're doing the. I liked that one a the lot. The one with Timothy. Timothy. Timothy Wonka. Yeah. I, it kind of looks good. I, I've seen a picture of him wearing the outfit, and I think it kind of looks good. <laughs> it looks like good. Timothy he looks good. I like, I I like, like the original, and I like the, I like uh, the Johnny, Johnny Depp version, too. I think it yeah. looks kind of good. I'd probably say, out of those two, probably Wizard of Oz has more redemption than yeah. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Willy Wonka. I wonder, though, if this movie would have the redemption it did if it wasn't a Christmas movie. Because it's, mm-hmm. theoretically, it's because it's been playing over and over and over that it kind of got that, like... That's true. Yeah. Big boost and people liking it. That is true. Because uh, this is just... It's popular and it's the same... Th- it's just the movie. There's nothing yeah. else other than just the movie for mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But the other two have, like, other things happening like new movies or other formats of the story so maybe it wouldn't go to it's a wonderful life probably to uh wizard of oz yeah i think we'll do that okay Okay. so we got one bonus point okay so final score i'm going to so adding up all the points in the rounds and the bonus points our final score is 82 percent okay so lower than i thought it's an a minus Okay. I mean, I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. I, I think, think mostly it lost points in, like, editing music. Because yeah. it doesn't really have that much going for it there. But, because, like, generally, it's pretty good. I mean, when you talk about, like, really great movies a lot of the time, a lot of them do kind of utilize that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, very, like, culturally significant ones. And this one, I feel like it's more so, like, the story's pretty good. Yeah. And the acting's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't. Like, they don't really utilize score. Yeah. Um visually it's fine mm-hmm. so I, I mean i think it makes sense yeah we've come a long way since then i mean i'll probably continue watching even if i don't watch the whole movie i'll probably continue watching bits of it randomly on christmas eve when it's randomly on yeah i might put it <laughs> just on just because that happens <laughs> um is that it you want me to... uh, yeah okay <laughs> we'll go into it Okay, uh, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at center.grade or on Twitter at centigrade to keep up with what films we review next. Feel free to send us suggestions on Instagram or email us at centigradepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you feel about the film. Send us your own grade and give us any thoughts you had. Also, if you disagree about anything, feel free to tell us about that, too. We're always interested in having conversations about film. Also, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. It really helps us to get more exposure so more people can find us. Uh, where can they reach you? You can find me on Instagram at Alshakar. Yes, and also find me on Instagram at underscore Chelsea Mitchell underscore if you want to keep up with us, ask any questions, never hesitate to reach out. I think that's all for this week. I'm Chelsea Mitchell. I'm Alshakar. And we'll see you next time on Cinegrade. Grade.